It is College Football Saturday on the PFF Betting Podcast, October 9th. As always, I'm joined by Anthony Tresh, prepping you with all the best bets to sweat out your Saturday. Uh, looking back a little bit on last week, Anthony, I think we had uh, you know a pretty good week. I know I just mentioned six bets to you, didn't necessarily heavily recommend them. Those bets went five and five and one. Uh, only loss was UAB. I had a couple of decent dogs come through for me, uh, and then your uh, best bets went. Three and two overall, you're basically 50-50, including marquee matchup bets. So how are you feeling heading into week six of college football? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, but I I don't know if I'm feeling as good as you because you had an absolute (laughs) heater of a week. Right. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it was I was trying to think back on it, but I think it was probably my best college football betting weekend in like uh, over a year, it seems like for sure. I went 14 and three, uh, you know, a few heavy dogs came through. I mean, Kentucky won outright, plus eight and a half point dog. Stanford won outright as plus eight and a half point dog. Um, Auburn won as a three and a half point dog. So my only regret basically is not, uh, you know, parlay betting a few of these heavy plus money uh, money lines uh, last week or else it could have been a really good week. But I would take that every single time. I'm ready to get it into it though in week six. I feel like we got what, four really high quality uh, solid matchups to talk about. And then we got, you know, our best bets. Once again, hopefully we can keep hot, hot here. So let's start in Texas, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, the Red River Showdown, formerly Red River Shootout, uh, being played at Cowboys Stadium, fourth-ranked Oklahoma, 15th-ranked Texas. We have uh, Oklahoma, who was, you know, your preseason favorite to win the national championship. We have their latest simulation odds to get into the playoffs at 63%, to win the championship at 15%. How are you feeling about Oklahoma and Spencer Radler uh, matching up against Texas in this showdown? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little less confident in the national title pick. I definitely think that we need to see some improvement with this deep passing um, game that they have there. It's really not up to Oklahoma standards. And, you know, it's a really interesting dynamic just because Spencer Rattler, when you filter out those deep targets and just look at the in short and intermediate levels of the field, so anything 19 yards or less, he's the highest graded passer in college football by multiple grading points. And actually, this on pace to have the second best um, grade on those throws in the PFF college era. The deep passing, his grades tanked over 60 grading points down to 34.2, was a top three graded player in that regard last year. Um, and, you know, you see some of the comments made by Lincoln Riley saying, you know, oh, we didn't get to some of the, the deep shots that we had dialed up. Um, we couldn't end up calling them. The defenses are playing us in a certain way. Uh, you know, they're playing too high structures, off zones. So they're kind of limiting what we can do downfield. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, having all of that, you know, some of the lighter boxes, that's how Oklahoma's always been defended. I think this is more about Lincoln Riley not really trusting Spencer Rattler, and understandably so. Sometimes he can make some, you know, suspect decisions um, when they have those downfield shots, you know, called on the field. So at the end of the day, though, against Texas, I don't think that's going to be that big of an issue the way they've been playing just because this Texas team, they're kind of built in, you know, preventing big, you know, vertical route pass plays downfield. Um, but they've been giving everything up at the short and intermediate levels. And like I was mentioning, that's Oklahoma's bread and butter there with Spencer Rattler right now. And so I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue. You look at what they've done so far, Texas defensively, they're 55th in the power five in yards per attempt against, and they're allowing an open target over 78% of the time. That's the highest in the power five by over 13 percentage points. So, you know, they're still letting big plays leak out there despite you know, not seeing a lot of deep targets, and they're still even getting beat deep on the few deep targets that they've had. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good round of performance for Spencer Rattler. It's an opportunity for him, you know, and as bullish I, as I am on, tech, on Texas, you know, for the long term with Steve Sarkeesian there, 
I just think, you know, you compare the quarterback situations and three points right now, Oklahoma's favored by, I think that's just too small given the discrepancy you have there at quarterback play. I think with the ceiling is so much higher there with Spencer Rattler. And I, I think that short and intermediate passing game is going to be enough for them to really pull out the victory. Yeah, I mean, if you were looking based solely on our ELO rankings, I think it would be like a four and a half, uh, actually five and a half point spread at this point. Uh, we, you know, obviously the market has moved a little bit in Oklahoma's direction, opened up at minus three out to three and a half, added the hook. It does look like, you know, a majority of the cash and ticket percentages have been on Texas a little bit. So maybe uh, we should have seen a little bit further movement in Oklahoma's direction, but a lot of people are buying into Texas at this point. So you're saying uh, you like Oklahoma still at minus three and a half though. Is that what you would recommend betting in this game? Yeah. I mean, that's the play I'm going to make. It's actually one of my favorite plays, you know, really of the weekend there um, in um, over at DraftKings Sportsbook, actually it's still at three. So some spots, the majority there, um, you know, over at PFF green line is three and a half, but if you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get uh, Oklahoma there minus three. And I already got that locked in and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, definitely. I have that. I have that locked in early in the week as well. I didn't know DraftKings still had it. Uh, thankfully, they do. We did show value on minus three uh, for Oklahoma early in the week. So if you're wondering that, obviously we've moved out. We've moved out to three and a half just based on consensus lines in that particular tool. But if you're shopping around, minus three uh, obviously matters a great deal more um, than you know moving up to three and a half. So definitely lock in Oklahoma. I like that as well. Do you have any thoughts on the total? 63 and a half point. Uh, you know, hasn't really moved too much throughout the week. Do you expect this game to go over? Or is it going to be um, maybe a little bit of a slower paced game? Yeah, I think I'm a little hesitant um, to bet the total. But if I had to, I would definitely go over. I mean, these two teams actually rank first and second, respectively, among all Power 5 programs and scoring drive percentage. Um, you know, so that's probably the, the, the area I would lean if betting the total. Um, but that's the one I'm going to stay away from. Yep, definitely. So we got that game, obviously the best game in the Big 12 by a long shot. We also have uh, Georgia-Auburn. We have Georgia basically number two in our ELO rankings, Auburn 18th overall. Um, this is going to be, you know, a pretty, this is definitely the best matchup in the SEC. We do have one other, I would say, quality matchup happening in the SEC, but this is really going to be uh, the one that matters. Georgia 15-point favorites on the road. 47-point total. That is a really low total to be coming, covering 15 points. Is there a spot uh, that you're betting in this matchup, and how do you kind of evaluate uh, this game playing out? Yeah, you know, this is going to be one of the more interesting ones just because, you know, with the way Georgia's kind of structured their offense against some of the better defenses they face. So against Clemson in Week 1, against Arkansas last week, they knew very well that they were not going to call a lot of, you know, you know, plays downfield from a passing perspective. They weren't going to try to win the game with the quarterback. And I think that's going to be the strategy here. They're going to make sure the quarterback doesn't lose them the game because that's really not so much their strong suit. They're going to let the defense win the game, you know, and ground and pound the rock, and hopefully they can get some points on the board. Um, you know, last week, Georgia only threw for like 70-something yards and three first downs through the air, still ended up winning 37 to nothing. I do think that, you know, I, I'm, I haven't locked anything in on this one. I think I'm going to stay away, but I would lean Georgia if anything just because I do think with the way that Bo Nix really plays, and that's really a gamer mentality. He likes to go outside of the structure of the offense. And, you know, that's what we saw when uh, Auburn played Georgia last year. I mean, he broke out, broke out of the structure and ran outside the pocket a lot of times, sometimes on his own. Sometimes it was because Georgia was throwing some, you know, sim pressures, some blitzes. Um, you know, some stunts his way and getting pressure on him. The offensive line for Auburn just couldn't handle it. 
you know, and that Georgia defense has only gotten better and that Auburn offensive line hasn't gotten any better. Um, and so I think we're going to see a similar thing there. And that would also, re- you know, kind of re- result in some turnovers probably um, from Bo Nix. So I think some favorable field position for Georgia could help them spark in covering that 15-point spread. That's the way I'm leaning. I haven't touched it yet, but I think that's where I'm going to lean. Yeah, definitely. I do think that is a really good point, right? I do think, uh, you know, especially with Stetson Bennett at quarterback for Georgia, we are going to need to see them not necessarily score a defensive touchdown, but they're going to need to have a really short field and get potentially an easy score, or that could happen through special teams in order for them to cover this 15-point spread. Maybe it's a Bo Nix-related mistake. Maybe it's something else entirely, but I do think they're going to need to see some big play on special teams or defense in order to cover this spread. How are you kind of evaluating uh, this Georgia offense? Obviously, JT Daniels out with injury. How do you kind of think that changes or diff- or changes their game plan, maybe changes their offense in general with Stetson Bennett at quarterback? I mean, in all honesty, I think it's more of a lateral move. Um, I, I just have not seen enough from JT Daniels to really be confident in him being able to perform, you know, up to an elite level to execute an explosive passing offense against a quality defense. Um, you know, last year against Cincinnati, he struggled. We didn't really get to see that in week one. And, you know, really that game plan against Clemson told me a little bit of what, you know, the Georgia, you know, coaching staff, Kirby Smart and office coordinator Todd Monk had really thought about their quarterback situation because if they trusted them, I feel like they would have let him throw the ball down the field, but that was not the offensive game plan. It very much felt like, okay, we, we know we, what we have on defense and we're going to let them win the game for us. We're not going to let any mistakes from the quarterback, you know, really put the game in harm's way. So I think it's more of a lateral move there. And I think, you know, he can hit the open throws downfield. Um, you know, whether it's JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett, they both can. Um, so I don't think it's that big of an issue, but I think from the long term, you know, can they dethrone Alabama? I think that's when it really comes to question. Do they have the horses at the quarterback position to really do that? Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with you 100% on that. Um, you know, really accurate. I am excited for this game. Hopefully Bo Nix, uh, you know, plays toward his ceiling. We could get a pretty fun matchup. If he does, obviously, uh, some high-variance play coming from him. We'll see what actually happens. But I'm excited for that matchup. Let's talk about one more in the SEC. Uh, kind of quickly, Arkansas, Mississippi. Obviously, Mississippi, a little bit of a letdown spot after you know their loss. Didn't cover against Alabama last week. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites against Arkansas. Six-to-six-and-a-half-point total. Uh, do you think there's any value on either side? Do you think Ole Miss is going to show show up here, show out a little bit, maybe you know get back on path after, uh, you know, failing against Alabama, or do you think this could be potentially a letdown spot for the Rebels? Yeah, I'm very interested in this game. I mean, just because last year you look at, you know, what Matt Corral did against Arkansas. It was not just the worst game of his career. It was one of the worst games we saw this season. Um, Passing grade right around 30.0, had six interceptions, and had another dropped interception on top of that for seven turnover-worthy plays. Um, You know, that drop eight zone um, coverage unit of Arkansas really rattled him. Um, didn't have the field vision there. It was very poor. And it's really a bounce back game, a really big game for him, not only for this season for Ole Miss, but also, you know, for his entire uh, career after uh, college football. But as far as this game goes, I think um, I think Ole Miss is going to win. I do think that Lane Kiffin's going to put Matt Corral in a position to succeed. And they're not going to let that meltdown of a game happen again. And I do think if, if um, anyone that does think Ole Miss is going to win, I would go ahead and, you know, bet Ole Miss against the spread too. Um, you know, I do think they would end up covering that line just because, you know, you look at what Matt Corral did last week. It wasn't the best performance, um, but it's going to be hard to really kind of have a you know show out at quarterback when you're under pressure and you're 50 percent of the time like they were against Bama. Um, you know, Arkansas's pass rush is good, but I do think that they can get the ball out quick enough um, to really, sh- you know, shut down the three man rush there. 
Um, and so I'm leaning um, Ole Miss for that reason, but I'm almost curious if Arkansas is going to play some chess here and then I not really play that, you know, that um, three, two, six system there and really kind of get after him, maybe send some blitzes his way and kind of confuse the offense because, you know, we have heard defense coordinator of Arkansas, Barry Odom say, you know, we're not going to stick to our guns. We're going to be versatile. We're going to be multiple. We're going to play different systems. And so I'm curious to see if this is going to be one of the games where they completely change things up and make it, you know, confuse the offense. But, and for that reason, I'm very excited for this game in general, but I, I think I'm leaning Ole Miss. Yeah, I think you got me excited for this matchup as well. It was a little bit more, you know, chess-based game. Obviously, you know, Matt Corral looked like one of the best quarterback prospects uh, coming out of college this year. You know, if, you know, if Arkansas is successful, potentially slowing him down, maybe that drops a little bit. But I'm excited, uh, you know, for this little bit of, you know, back-and-forth action, some unique, uh, you know, defensive schemes we could see potentially rattle, uh, you know, Matt Corral again this year. So I'm excited for it. I do think, uh, you know, we got one more game, Big Ten Showdown. Our Iowa Hawkeyes have looked, you know, quite good. We basically have been on them since uh, off season. We're a team that we were really high on, starting to pay off for us. Definitely, they do have Penn State at home. Um, minus one point five spread has moved a little bit in Penn State's direction. Do you think it was at minus two early in the week? Forty one point total, uh, basically the lowest total as you're going to find in, the, in college football right now. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? How you kind of see this game playing out? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised to see that, if anything, this this spread's been moving towards Penn State because I love yeah. Iowa. I, this is probably my best, my favorite bet of the week. Um, you know, you look at the Penn State win over Indiana last week. I mean, that Sean Clifford performance, that's kind of the Sean Clifford we've come to know over the last few years. I mean, he had a 53.0 pass grade for the game. Um, you know, he had a rise in tight and closing window throws. He had to make downfield, and he really couldn't hit them. And that's never been his strong suit. He struggled to hit smaller windows downfield. 5 of 25, throwing to a tighter closing window, 10-plus yards downfield this season. Um, in Iowa, as good as this coverage unit is, they're not going to let you know wide-open plays downfield. I think with that outside cornerback duo with Matt Hankins and Riley Moss, the highest-graded outside cornerback room in the Power 5 by around eight or seven or eight grading points. Um, you know, I would be very surprised if Penn State found any success offensively, and that's why I'm leaning in Iowa in this one. I, th- I think they're going to take this one home at home. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 in any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Week 4 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest-graded players from Week 4 and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for Week 5. 
There we go. I love it. I, I, I have some early Iowa. I might have to be adding to it uh, at this time. It is probably one of my favorite bets of the weekend as well. Um, I really like the Hawkeyes here. They've been, you know, they've come through for us all season. I don't know why it's not going to happen here in week six, but let's see. We got it. We got to do it. Since it worked out so well last week, I'm going to just throw out uh, the bets that I have made outside of the ones that we've already talked about really quick. If you have any thoughts, uh, let me know if there's any that you like, don't like, and then I want to hear your best bets, Anthony, uh, coming up here for week six. But I got Michigan minus three. I got Memphis plus three and a half. I got Iowa minus two. Obviously didn't get closing line value on that. I have Oklahoma minus three. That one's moved out. You can do some line shopping, potentially still find Oklahoma. As we talked about earlier, South Carolina plus 10 and a half. Baylor, West Virginia, over 44.5. Ball State, plus 11. Wake Forest, minus 6.5. I know that's a team we've kind of liked uh, throughout this uh, 2021 season. Then East Carolina, plus 10.5. Kentucky, minus 3. Is there any that stand out to you at all outside of the ones that we've already talked about? Yeah, man. I mean, great great minds think alike. I love the West Virginia Baylor, Baylor over. I like Wake Forest, minus 6.5. Um, you know, I also like um, East Carolina, um, you know, Michigan, that was the first one you said. That's one of my favorite plays, too, this week. Um, you know, minus three at Nebraska. I mean, that defense they have there in Michigan. I mean, that's I think that's a top five group nationally, and they're going up against one of the worst pass-blocking units in college football and a quarterback in Adrian Martinez, who struggled to really pass under pressure this year, 47.2 pass grade on such plays. I think this is going to be an easy Michigan win for him. Um, and so I like a lot of those plays. I might have to uh, follow up on some of those other ones you said. I kind of liked them just hearing about the first chance. There we go. There we go. We, we're in agreement. I do think that we found out when we are in agreement, uh, good things tend to happen. So let's hear it. I'm going to lock in your best bets here as well. I have been doing it, uh, you know, the past three weeks. It's worked out for us. Let's hear Anthony's best bets uh, for week six. Yeah, I mean, you already, we already talked about a lot of them. I love Oklahoma, love Iowa, love Michigan. But one we have not talked about yet that I absolutely love, I love USC minus three over Utah. Um, you know, new Utah starting quarterback Cam Rising. He really struggled in his debut in week four against Washington State besides getting the victory. Um, you know, had a poor passing grade, negative EPA generated per play. Um, and that was with a relatively low rate of pressure from the offensive line. And it was a really bad offensive line there. Six, sixth lowest uh, pass block grade in the Power Five. And they're going up against the UC, USC defense up front that has a really strong edge duo there with Drake Jackson leading the way there. Um, and then I think offense too, Keaton Slovis, I think he's going to take advantage of some of the blitzes that they're going to throw the, throw his way. I mean, he's used to seeing light boxes and eight in coverage, and they're not going to really do that to him, I don't think. So I think this is going to be an easy win for USC, so that's another one there. Um, a few others, and I'll just rattle off some totals that I like. South Carolina at Tennessee. I like the under 56.5. North Texas at Missouri, under 69. And then UTSA at Western Kentucky. Also like the under, uh, 71. You're sweating out the unders this week. I love to see it. I think we're finally uh, wearing off on you a little bit. You're getting on the under train. Uh, it's the best sp spot to be on. So I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, hopping on board because that's exciting stuff. So we got, we went through a lot of bets, a lot of marquee matchups. Thankfully, this week, PFF Greenline has value on a lot of these, you know, quality games. So make sure you're checking out that. Check out the NCAA Power Rankings tool as well if you're looking to get some action on, you know, some conference championships, maybe a team to make the playoffs or championships championship odds we have all that covered for you uh and everything else available so make sure you check out all the week six lines we appreciate you guys listening to the pff betting podcast uh from ben brown joined by anthony tresh make sure your bets are pure here for week six thanks guys 